You're listening to Passion Pod 6 with Calf. My darling, you are a trained actor and the founder of Calf, which makes sumptuous, bespoke and ready-to-wear knitted hats. You have quite a specific way of, which I think is really, really good for Mm -hmm. a customer, of marketing yourself by having four different types of yarn and four different styles. Yeah. It's a four-stage process. There are four designs and there are four yarns. Lovely. Now, they're all 100% natural. They don't use any synthetic fibres because they look horrible and they feel horrible to knit with, quite frankly. And if I'm going to spend all my own time knitting, I want to be knitting with lovely stuff. Plus, 100% natural fibres means you've got the warmth of the material that the animal had. The animals know. You've got to take an example from the animals. Yeah. So, the most basic yarn I use is 100% wool. It's just wool from sheep. The stuff I use is a really trusted brand. comes in uh, sort of national trust colours in that they're nothing too outrageous, all very tasteful. And you just sum that up so beautifully. In my head, I can just almost see the palette in yeah. front of me. Yeah. There's quite a good range of colours, though, I have to say. If you're looking at something quite simple, they're perfect. You see, then the next three are all pretty amazing. But the next one up probably the 50-50 blend. So that's 50% wool from a sheep and 50% alpaca. I'm now sort of experimenting more with this other 50-50, which is a 50% baby alpaca, 50% Peruvian highland wool. So really nice um, ingredients, I want to say. The next yarn up is the 100% baby alpaca. Is that this one? Yeah. It is so soft I know I'm just sitting here like stroking it I know bit it's weird of the me the most beautiful oh my god I've got a whole bag of this stuff and comes in lovely colours not that many as well which actually is a bit quite nice having a not so much choice and then I would consider the kind of really premium one yarn I use is the 100% merino wool which, which is, is this one yeah which is, right now. which is so soft yeah but it does feel thicker than the alpaca yeah, one yeah it is just thicker. comparing the two so have you always made things I've always looked for ways of using what I can do to make some money. Greedy, essentially. I used to make friendship bracelets at the playground at school and sell them when I had an order book. And, oh yeah, stickers. I used to sell stickers. Not swap. No, no, no. No, that's stupid. You can't make money from swapping. I was definitely the stupid. I remember trading in, like, the shinies for the furries. Yeah, yeah, exactly, right? Have you always knitted? I haven't knitted forever. I learnt when I was little, as I think everybody does. My stepmom taught me. And then I didn't do it for a long time. And then when I was at drama school, a girl was doing it. And she showed me how to do it on, on circular needles. You use the round needles because the shape of the hat, is that right? There are different ways of knitting in the round. As far as I know, there are three different ways. There are probably many more, but I am not a knitter. I just know what I know. It's what I do on circular needles or round needles where you have two ends like you do on straight needles but those two ends are joined by a wire if you're really accustomed to knitting on straight needles it does take a while to get your head around but actually it's much easier good hint there babes yeah darling so how did it become more than just a hobby then you're knitting so this girl showed me how to do it at lambda and then um kane my boyfriend went and bought me on this girl's advice a pair of circular needles and by the way they're the best ones i've ever had i've experimented with others not as good i don't know who makes it i think you get them from loop in islington a pair of circular needles a ball of lovely yarn in like my favorite color and a finishing needle that that you can tie up ends with. Really, it was the best present you've ever given me. It's the best present because it's done this. And then I started knitting hats for Christmas presents. And then I did a tour, and I came back from this tour feeling pretty dissatisfied with life, feeling like I wasn't really achieving anything. I really enjoyed it, and I learned a lot. But I learned a lot that I needed to have something else in my life. I wasn't contributing to my life. I wasn't doing anything about my life. And then I 
was living with my mum because I couldn't afford to live in London. And I came back from the tour. I went, had nothing to do, which was horrible, but also a gift because it meant that I had so much time on my hands to be creative. And, and I, I was earning a little bit of money tutoring. And it meant that I could satisfy this urge I have for yarn. I'm obsessed with yarn, as you can probably tell. I was on Facebook and I saw this page that belonged to the National Market Traders Federation, the NMTF, promoting this competition called First Pitch for new market traders. And they were selling it as take your hobby to the next level. And I just wanted something, a business. I wanted to be driving my own thing in some way. I didn't know what it was going to be. And my mum came home. She'd been out for dinner. And I was there in bed with a computer going, Mum, what do you think I should do? Should I sell cakes? Because I, I love to bake. And she actually said, no, because everybody does it. And she actually said, why don't you do your hats? And I said, but they're not really good enough, are they? And she said, yeah, they are. They're really good hats. Which, coming from my mum, is quite something because she's fucking honest. So she sat down with me. She was just amazing. I don't. I can't really remember exactly what we worked out at that time. But I came up with something. I applied for the competition online. Um, so yes, I got through that first round of the competition, which meant that the next round was five days test trading on a market stall. I was allocated to Tatchbrook Street Market. Contacted a woman called Liz, who was lovely. Really held my hand through the whole thing. So I had I was really quite terrified about. I didn't know what it involved. I didn't know what I needed. Did I need a banner? Did I need a table? All these little things that only suddenly when it's happening do you really consider like how do I get keep afloat how do I transport all my stuff there I don't drive does the fact that I only have this suitcase influence how much stock I take how much stock do I need what stock am I going to take with me what yarns am I going to use like a whole fucking load of questions that you have to answer then and there and this is why it's such a massive learning curve and you have to experiment and try things out so I did the test trading that was in July and I sold five hats in three days which for pretty warm temperature was fine I, the most important thing for me though was I got amazing feedback and then the third round was a, kind of one of the prizes was a year's subsidised rates on a market stall and I essentially won because it's a, essentially a seasonal product that I make I did say okay I'll come back in October and start then I was doing one day a week Friday I only did it for like five weeks in the end because a it was fucking cold and miserable b you had to get up really early in the morning to get a good pitch so that and then between july and october the market became a food destination which is not good for craft my 35 pound hats that are made of merino wool luxury luxury fibers started smelling of authentic caribbean cuisine and that was not good the guy next to me was also a first pitch contestant and he said right take a picture of all these market stores around you send them to the nmtf and ask to move to a proper market where you can sell your stuff and i was like good idea so i did it it was quite hilarious and i took a picture of my little stall my very crafty here i was in my spotty kath kidston dress all very touchy feely like completely other I just wasn't enjoying it. You cannot do this if you don't enjoy it. So I, I quit. I pulled out of the competition, which sounds really major. It really wasn't. I, w- I would not have learned any of that. Right now, I'd still be thinking, yeah, I should get a market stall. I've just learned that it's not right for me. So I did fairs, craft-specific destination fairs, much more of the ilk where people are coming in order to spend some money 
thing that, that really pointed up to me was the difference between the two things that I offer. The bespoke service, which now is much more online and focused, and a ready-to-wear. You've got a website. Yes. Did you... That's that something you've run all the way along, or...? I have had that for quite a long time. I really wanted it always to be much more visual, which is why I made the video with my friend Alex. One of the massive selling points about what I do is that it's incredibly personal. If someone orders a hat from me, that's a conversation. It's not just clicking buttons and putting things in a kind of online retail basket and then paying through PayPal, unfortunately. God, PayPal's a whole other issue. That's a really big challenge, isn't it? How you're going to build that as an online business. You need to have an e-commerce site. You can't... Okay... Building a website, right? There are a few ways to do it. You can do a kind of build your own website with some shit company. I've tried them. Don't do them. Or you can pay a little bit of money and and have someone do a really basic one for you. Or you can do what I do, which I use WordPress, and I pay something like £12 a year for my domain name. You can also get build your own e-commerce websites (laughs) that help you do that, but you have to pay them, pay a little bit of money to subscribe. So, yeah, it's fine for the moment. It's okay. But the video, hopefully, does all the kind of like, this is what I do and it's a really good representation of your of your brand I yeah. think because well, a lot of the brand development that I did with this girl Anna and recently came from that video I said if you want to know my brand personality just look at that tell me about this brand development thing that um, sounds amazing while a lot of things are logical and I'm fairly business minded so I know things like well if I want to make more profit I need to cut my costs yeah that's obvious but Anna who is a brand marketer she was much better at um, tightening up your brand, focusing where you need to put your energies. The first time we sat down, she asked me all about my business. Um, this is much more about the website bespoke side of things rather than the ready-to-wear. She said, okay, well, how many hats could you knit in a month comfortably? And we settled on about 30. That sounds That's, so many. I know, it's two to three hours a hat, so it makes sense. Say yeah. nine hours of knitting a day. You have to love your knitting. Oh my god! Yeah, seriously, <laughs> I do though. I yeah. really enjoy it. Um, Tell me that when you're knitting fursy hats. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, it's great because I just watch box set. That's so cool. And you can feel yeah. not guilty because you. Can oh, it's heaven, it. and in winter as well, when it's shit outside. You feel like you're doing productive. anything. Yeah, I've just made some money. Thanks very much. Not very much, but that's fine. So, and uh, that's right. She also talked about how. I know she completely understood that I'm not doing this necessarily for money, but that if it's going to be a long-term venture, you are going to want to make a little bit of money, otherwise it's not going to last. It's going to be a flash in the pan, you'll lose interest, um, which is true. And you are enjoying it. What's the harm in making money from something that you're enjoying? I mean, yeah, that's what it's all I about. Know, it's I a know, I know. I just uh, have great problems asking people for loads of money for a hat. It's much more about just making me happy than anything else. But now I've had a look around at competition. Actually, I'm not asking much money. I'm actually cheaper than most people that do this. But you do have to kind of have some balls about it, actually. And if you're going to say it's £35, people, and, you, and people go, wow, that's a lot... You've got to go, yeah, it is. But this is why it's worth it. You also talked about, she said you've got to cut your costs. It's, again, it's logic, but she kind of explained it. She said every time there is a chain of people that sell stuff and everybody takes their, their percentage off the top. So if you're just buying something from a shop, they'll have got it from the distributor, the distributor will have got it from the source. So everybody's taking the cut. If you can go back to the source and you've cut out all the middlemen, obviously, that's obvious. But you think, how do I do that? And, and I did look into this when I, really early on last year, um, and I did, this is when I got all the quotes, I got in touch with it. was very difficult finding out who the suppliers were, um, who the manufacturers were. But if you just dig around, you can. And if you're cheeky and you just have the bollocks and you go into Liberty, for example, they sell good yarns, and you say, 
who's the who's the supplier they'll tell you I mean because they because they're not an independent shop they have people working on the shop floor who don't mind the fact that you know can you tell me how you sustain your bank balance with all of this stuff do you do anything else apart from selling your hats because it's quite sporadic yeah um the idea with the money with the hats thing is that it's it pays for itself I don't earn any money from that I earn my money from tutoring I teach maths I work at a library I temp in a gallery, I babysit, I have like six jobs. And you act. Oh yeah, I'm an actress. So looking forward for your passion pod, like into the next year, yeah. your aim is having this directive of 30 hats a month. By 30 now. hats a month, yeah. That's that. like, th- th- I'm doing bespoke orders. Having looked at the bespoke service quite a lot, I'm now going to really explore my ready-to-wear stuff. And the reason I'm doing that is because I've got all this stock left over from my last stall. I've got another craft fair in March and I've also got a pop-up shop on Portobello Road, which will be really exciting. That is an incredible location. I know, it will be, it will be incredible. I really want to be able to communicate this new brand message that I've been working on so well with Anna this is a great opportunity for me to do that would you have any things that inspire you is there like music you listen to when you knit or is there a good book that you've read I, I really enjoy reading and an amazing book I read actually that was really inspiring and really abstractly inspiring it's not direct inspiration it was called uh, A Crisis of Brilliance by David Boyd Haycock and I tell you why it was so inspiring because it's about artists and it's about struggling and striving to be original and not be put off it's about the early lives of Stanley Spencer, Paul Nash, uh, Nevinson, Gertler and Dora Carrington. And they were all at the Slade at the same time. They were all at the beginning of the century, beginning of the 20th century. Here we are at the beginning of the 21st century. Um, and it's exactly the same feelings of promise. But when it's the beginning of a century, it's a really different feel. They had the same issues I have. These insecurities are not new. If you were going to start out doing this again, what advice do you wish someone had given you? It's difficult for me to imagine because for me, so much of what I've learned has come through experiencing everything. If you want to go into market trading, really make sure that the market you're looking at is good for you and your product. There is no point being at a foodie market if you sell crafty things. Also think about, depending on what market you're at, what your pricing range is. Like mine has to be high because the yarn I use costs a lot of money. So I can't be at a market that sells cheap stuff. So markets really, really look into it. There's no point spending. You could be spending £20 a day, 25 upward of, on your stall. So make sure that you're going to make that back. Do not lose heart because, yes, people say, okay, so what's your USP? Fuck it. Yes, you you might not know what your USP is, but you'll probably have one, even if it's just your brand personality. And when I say brand personality, I don't mean like, yeah, I've got a brand, I've worked really hard with its personality. I just mean you. If you're doing it because you want to, that'll all come through. And you make sure that every part of what you do, you like your brand personality will come through. Now, I have spent six hours with this girl working on my brand personality and it, it was fucking useful. But I wonder if actually you could do that with your friends. Okay, the best thing is to ask your friends of friends and see if there's someone like Anna that could help you out. But yeah. failing that, ask your friends to test you on it. Find yourself that you have to define what it is you're absolutely, doing. Absolutely, absolutely. I, I, and I did that a lot. A lot of people kind of questioned me on it, wondering it's a kind of odd thing to be doing, knitting hats. Do you knit scarves? I do, but because I use such expensive yarn, they take so long, it would be cost you about £150 for a scarf. Do you really want that? No. So you've got to think, okay, what are the rational selling points of my product? It's warm, it's durable, it's fashionable a little bit. I'm way more interested in the fact that it's practical, it's unique, it's individual. Okay, now the emotional aspects are more like, how do I feel when I wear this hat? Or how do I want people to think about me when I wear it? And that might seem very left field, but it really helps you focus your branding 
grounding and trust yourself. Just do what you want to do. That's the most important thing. Because if you, you don't, then you're fucked, really. Um, you don't learn anything from it. And what's frankly. the point? What's the point of doing it? Because that's the, the reason point? you set up. Yeah, exactly. You, yeah, you have to remember that's the reason you started. Because you want to do what makes you happy. If something isn't making you happy and you've given it a good go, stop doing it. You've been listening to Passion Pod 6 with Calf.